You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt, and this is Jessica. What's going on? Hello. Hello and happy May. Hello and happy May. I'm trying to... I wrote down the date, so I remember it's May 3rd. Welcome to Morning Breath. (laughs) And in two days, we are having a groundbreaking ceremony, an official groundbreaking ceremony with like golden shovels and hard hats. Giant scissors. Well, no, scissors are for the the ribbon cutting at the end. There's like so many steps to this. We're building a building in Vieira for our church, for our Vieira location, for our Vieira community of East Coast Christian Center. We have been meeting um, in a high school for several years. We've been portable, completely portable, which is like set up every Sunday, tear down right away um, for nine, over nine years since February 12th, 2012. And so building a building is a big deal. It's really exciting. It's um, just such an honor to be a part of it. It's so cool to be especially breaking ground on a piece of land that has never had anything on it before. And the first thing that gets to go on it and last thing is a church. So it's really exciting. Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, and two days from now, we're going to be having our groundbreaking there at 10 a.m. if you would like to join us. Yeah. That's exciting. Come on. Come on and be there. Come on. So you want to tell me what Morning Breath is? Yeah. So we read days? a chapter of the Bible and we just talk about it as a devotion. We don't prepare a message, but we do prepare our hearts. Yes, we do. We do. We do that. <laughs> we prepare our hearts. Both of yes. them. <laughs> Okay, so we have been doing a question of the day on our Monday episode. And by the way, if you want to find us, um, if you're listening on the radio and you want to see the video cast of us, like you want to see our facial expressions, um, then you can go on YouTube, East Coast Christian Center, and find us there, or our East Coast app, or eccc.us. Do you think people, is like .us normal, or are people like, what does that mean? Like, you know, it's not .com, .org, .us. Is it normal for people? I don't know. Okay. It's a website. It's on the web. <laughs> okay. What were you trying to teach me how to do the other day? Airdrop. He's like, airdrop has been a thing for quite a while now. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm so inept. <laughs> don't agree with that. Just silently agree in your heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Lindsay Brown, again, thank you, Lindsay, has given us our question for today. And How our, do people submit these questions? I mean, I just put a post on my personal Facebook and they whatever, but you can email... Uh, someone. <laughs> well, I think social media is probably the best way through our Instagram or yeah. our Facebook. Yeah. And um, yeah. A question just, for morning breath. Yeah. You could follow us and send us a message. Yeah. So our question from Lindsay Brown is, what is one of your biggest pet peeves? So I have always hated, always, when people write on me. Why are you laughing at my pain right now? <laughs> I don't know. I just had no idea what you were going to say. <laughs> like, who writes on you? So no one really anymore. <laughs> so except myself accidentally, and I hate that. But, like, somebody would ever, like, write on me? I or, get like, it. Mark me with a I mean, pen? like, in high school or something. Yeah. But then I hate when I write on myself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't want to damage this beautiful oh, yeah. skin with pens. It's true. It's Pen's like poison to me. Like, oh my ew. gosh. Second pet, pet peeve, messing with my ears. Flick my ear. Give me a wet willy. I will knock you out. Like, Okay, I'm, A, thank you, Lindsay, for this pr- thought-provoking question because I'm learning things about this guy that I haven't known, and I've known him for now, 19 if you years. Touch, if you were to touch my ear, like, gently and rub my 
long lobes I got over here. Um, luscious lobes, my luscious we call lobes. them. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but like, like. Who does that? So guys do stuff like this all the time. They slap each other in the back of the That's head, so the weird. neck, ears, you this know. This something girls don't understand. Yeah, guys do that, but. No, not the ears. Don't oh hit gosh. my ears. Don't I'm put, really don't give nervous me a wet, now. You, you wet willy me, I'm telling you. It'll be the last wet willy you give anyone. No that, one should ever You'll never that. get that finger back. You know what I'm saying? Like That should never happen, like in, in general, oh, never. first of all. So pen marks on my body and I'm, I feel like we should, offenses to my ears. I feel like we should stop <laughs> recording and delete all of this because now who is, you know, who, oh, I know now we're going to actually find out who on yeah. our staff listens to morning. Oh, <laughs> well, I know who's going to try me. I already know. You're ready. Brandon. Be ready. Oh Brandon my gosh. Doherty. Oh, let's see. We'll see if he actually listens to this. Yeah. You want to know my pet peeves? Yeah. <laughs> like, what no. are your pet peeves? Okay. One of them, and you probably know this speakerphone. <laughs> I hate speakerphone. I hate when you are talking to that's, people on speakerphone. I hate being put on speakerphone. I hate talking to other I people on speaker. You love it. It's so annoying. There's a delay. It's like <laughs> not fast enough. It's confusing. It is like you're talking over each other. Like you're talking to someone from another country because there's a delay. And I hate it so much. I Well, I hate it when people are just like walking around with their phone like – the, of their bottom of their mouth, and they're just like walking like this, and in just everyone's around and talking and yeah. they're screaming. Mm -hmm. I'll do speakerphone usually when I have to make like calls to like uh, the internet company or I'm like you're gonna call the internet because you never you know that. Okay, when I call I the it. internet, I get it. Okay, the internet and you know you're gonna be on the phone for 45 minutes. And I don't have my earbuds, fine. And, I don't, and I don't want that sounds in my ears anyway. Okay, so. I'm fine with that stuff being on hold, but when they pick up. You pick up. Mm. It's okay. okay. What else? Um, okay, so this is. Ha I think it happens more for like people who like us. So like a lot of people know us and we don't know them. People like us? No, no, no. People like us. Like people, people that, as like people. People that know a lot of people. <laughs> no, not that people like us. People like us. Like people who. <laughs> I can't explain it now. Someone out there is going to understand what I'm saying. Let me finish. Don't even say this one. I know what you're going to say. Should I not say it? You, I don't think you should say it. Okay, this one. so I have another one. Um, repeating myself. Correct. What? Just <laughs> kidding. Oh, yeah. You hate that. I do not like repeating myself. I don't like myself. it either. I know. When you repeat yourself, I can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't like repeating myself. I know you don't. And I don't. And so that makes I'm for like, like we, don't, aren't you hearing all the words out of my mouth word? perfectly yeah, at all times? I know. That's how my, pretty much sad. That's how I feel too. Yeah. So that's all. That's how it. do you feel about pen marks on your body though? I don't <laughs> go looking for them. I don't probably appreciate, like I, I feel like if someone wrote on me without my permission, like that's just offensive. But like, if someone, I'm like, here, write your number on my hand, which I would never do. I feel like that would be okay because you're giving them permission. Nah, but if I have pen on me, I actually had a, pe a mark of pen on me earlier, and I didn't care enough to do anything about it, but I didn't notice it. So obviously I don't have a, a deep-seated deep -seated thing like you do. Okay. Now Let's that, now that we know how to annoy each other <laughs> really That's well. That's right on my ear. It's <laughs> the worst thing you can do. <laughs> Oh man, that really cracked me up. Writing on me. Okay, we're in Luke chapter nine. <laughs> These questions have been fun, huh? 
Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, there's 62 <laughs> verses. Let me read it in yours because yeah. I know my Amplified translation, though well, I love it, it turns it into a lot. Okay, so I'm going to read through 31 and then I'll hand you your Bible back. Uh, Luke chapter 9. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor is it like a stick, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And whoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, John, I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? So he sought to see him. And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. But when the multitudes knew it, they followed him and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. When the day began to wear away, the 12 came and said to him, send the multitude away that they may go into the surrounding towns and country and lodge and get provisions for we are in a deserted place here. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there were about 5,000 men. Then he said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of 50. And they did so and made them all sit down. When he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and 12 baskets of the leftover fragments were taken up by them. And it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them saying, who do the crowd say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets has risen again. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said, the Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. He just told them everything that was going to happen. Okay. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words... Of him, the son of man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and those with him were heavy with sleep, and they were, when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with them. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Not knowing what he said, like he didn't know what he was talking about is what that means. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were fearful as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son, hear him. When the voice had ceased, Jesus was found alone, but they kept quiet and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. 
I'm doing it all. You're welcome. Now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met him. Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out saying, teacher, I implore you, look on my son for he is my only child and behold, a spirit seizes him and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that he foams at the mouth and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. And as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at all the things with which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words sink down into your ears for the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they didn't understand the saying and it was hidden from them. So they didn't perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about the saying. Then a dispute arose among them as to which of them would be greatest. This is always hilarious to me. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him and said to them, whoever receives this little child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives him who sent me for he who is least among you will be great. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have the air. Birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their dead, own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. <laughs> Amen. Good job. Thanks. So I'll just jump in here. Um, the feeding of the 5,000. I just love this idea that so many people could be fed by what we bring to the Lord. Like, and that is a small amount. Mm -hmm. Like when we bring to the Lord our five loaves and two fishes, um, I, uh, I, I'm remembering a, it's like a piece of art in Israel. It's where they believed um, this happened, uh, and it's kind of like the communion table. Underneath the communion table, there's a mosaic of four loaves and two fishes, two fish. And the significance of that uh, mosaic, tile mosaic, was that we've got to bring ourselves. We're the fifth loaf. Mm. So when we show up, we are we're coming to the God. We're coming to God with what we have. He takes that. He breaks that and he multiplies that and he uses that to help many, 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 many people mm -hmm. and left over. And so I think the thought that I just want to reiterate and, and maybe even say in another way is like, we all have something to bring. We all have um, a talent. We all have a gift. We all have gifts, like actual physical things um, that we can do, that we can give, that we can... Um, join into whatever needs to happen in the world. 
We've just got to show up and start doing something mm -hmm. with what we have and give it your best effort. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Yeah. God will take that and it'll multiply. That's good. So I want to take you on a journey and just kind of like put context to this whole thing. There was so much and so many like different interactions in this, but I want to focus on this first interaction where it says, verse two, they sent him out. He sent them out. Jesus sent these disciples out on a brief journey to preach the kingdom of God and to perform healing. So the disciples basically went on this missionary trip and it says it was brief, but I'm sure that it was probably emotionally exhilarating, but also difficult and draining because when you're pouring out for people, no matter whether it's exciting or not, it still can be emotionally draining. So then they return and it says in verse 10, Jesus withdraws with them. So he, they're, they're pouring out, right? They're away on a missionary journey. They come back and Jesus withdraws with them to refresh. It says verse 10, when all their apostles returned, they told him all they had done. He took them with him and he privately withdrew across the Jordan, which is a river, to a city called Bethsaida. But then verse 11, when, but when the crowds learned of it, they followed him and he welcomed them. And he began talking to them about the kingdom of God and healing those who needed to be healing. Even in their withdrawing, they were interrupted and Jesus still welcomed them. And it was in this day that one of the most amazing and well-known miracles happened despite their exhaustion. Like imagine literally their, their feeling of just drained. And they finally get back and they're celebrating together. And Jesus takes them away like on a retreat. Like we're going on a retreat and we're going to a spa, you know, like something like that. Like it's a re refreshing thing. Jesus and the disciples went to the spa. Yes, that's, oh, I'm going to write wow. a book. Okay. Um, so then they're going away and thousands of people showed up people, at the spa. Yes, people found out and they followed them, but Jesus had compassion on them and he helped them. He didn't say, I'm on a break you know, I'm, a, I'm off the clock, you know, like just go. So verse 12, it says the, the day was ending and the 12 disciples came and said to him, so they've been ministering, right? They've been traveling and ministering. Now they think they're getting a break, but then they start going into ministry mode again. And all these people, thousands and thousands of people, it's coming to the end of the day. And uh, they said, 12 disciples came and said to Jesus, send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside and find lodging and get provisions because we're here in an isolated place. Basically the disciples are saying, peace out. We're done. Tell these people to go home. We're not helping them anymore. But then verse 13, Jesus says, no, you give, you give them something to eat. You do it. And they're probably like, seriously, what? They retired. They did not have enough natural provision for such a big crowd. And yet Jesus was asking them to give what they had because verse the, continuing in 13, they said, we have, he said, you give them something to eat. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless perhaps we go and buy food for all these people. And I feel like that's such a snarky comment. Cause like, we're in the middle of nowhere. You want us to go buy food for all these people? I guess we could do that. You know, like, can you just imagine these people, these were real people with real tones and real attitudes and real issues. So I kind of just like to like imagine, I like it. right? So then Jesus was asking them to give what they had. He knew what they had. He knew there were five loaves and two fish there. And he was asking them to give what they had. And he would make up the difference. Like he was asking them to partner with him and be a part of one of the most amazing and famous miracles that have ever happened. And I just thought like as a caretaker, as a parent, as a boss, as a whatever role you're in, as pastors, we never have enough to give ever. We never have enough to give and often we're running on empty. But when we partner with Jesus and we give him what we do have, 
do have, like what's in our hand, he will multiply it so radically that you will have 12 baskets of leftovers. And I've heard this before and I don't, I don't think we can prove it, but I've heard that the 12 baskets were like one leftover basket for each disciple to be like, boom, in your face, prove it. You get to walk away from this with leftovers. Like you went through all of this and you actually chose to, although you probably had an attitude I see in verse 12 or 13, you still said, yes, you still partnered. You gave it to me. It it wasn't them who made the miracle. They gave it to Jesus. He blessed it and it multiplied. Yeah. Right. I love it. Isn't that good? It is good. Yeah. Really good. Thanks. (laughs) Well, I think what it's, what, what you're bringing up here is I think sometimes it's hard to have a good attitude when you get interrupted. Oh my um, gosh, both of us hate being interrupted. That's another pet peeve, being interrupted. Sorry, I just interrupted you. <laughs> I I don't, you're not interrupting. Like we're, we're vibing we're here. We're vibing, okay? Vibing. No, I have one child who despises to be interrupted. Oh, yes. They're just like, that's their pet peeve. And, and I think sometimes there's something called a divine interruption. Yes, where like you have your plans and it's very important to have plans. Yeah. Because you can't be interrupted if you don't have plans. You're just running around doing whatever you want. True. Like just flailing through life. But you've got your plans. But so often there are some divine opportunities that happen when we're interrupted. If mm-hmm. we can recognize, wait a minute, this is outside the plan. Hmm. Maybe this is what God is actually wanting to do in this moment. I couldn't see it coming. And so God shows up. Yeah. Interrupts. Yep. I think about uh, at our all staff, we recently had an all staff um, and an all staff is where we gather together as a staff at church, all of us, all of us. All and there's about 50, staff. 50 staff members at our church and some spouses come too. So there could be more people there mm-hmm. and we praise and worship together. Just, you know, it's just people here that work at the church and it's really this idea that we're, we're getting poured into and we're worshiping together and it's, it's intimate. We don't have to, we're not serving other people. It's mm-hmm. just for, for us. And, and there's prayer for us and different things like that. It's very important. And then on top of that, uh, we share like a small word of just vision and what we're, what we're all about as a staff and, and just encourage one another. So um, I just remember something happened to the bass guitar and Chris decided he was going to share this word. And there's, that's not what we do. Like one person will share a scripture. One worship leader will share a word. Never two. Like never. never. It's always us. Who's going to share this morning? Pastor Chris, whatever, whoever. And they share. But the bass guitar didn't work. And because of that, uh, Chris shared. And then the guitar wasn't ready yet. And then they said, you know what, Shanna? Why don't you share that other thing you wanted to say um, that we wouldn't have normally heard? And it was just a powerful, she said just something so powerful. And I just, I thought about that in this context that basically, we wouldn't have heard that word mm-hmm. if there wasn't that interruption. Yeah. If there wasn't that breaking down of the, the bass guitar. And yeah. it's not like God made that happen per se, broke that guitar down, but that interruption was an opportunity. We took advantage of it yeah. and we got to hear a different word. And, and I just want to encourage you today, don't get angry interruptions. Ask like, God, is this? What are you going to do in this? Yeah. Yeah. I heard something recently. Um, I forget who said it, but they said everything when we are in the kingdom, like when we are believers, everything bad is good because Romans eight twenty eight says God will work all things together for those who love Jesus for our good and his glory. And I was like, that's such a good, sticky, easy statement. Like everything that is bad is good. Yeah. And it's really speaking in the context specifically of like failure 
um, is this opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah. Like you can take a bad situation and do something about it and learn and grow and elevate. You can test, you can fail, you can learn, you can grow, you can yep. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, yeah. rinse and repeat. And that is a tricky statement because you also have to understand that what is bad wasn't intended and, and it, it wasn't done yes. to be good. Right. It's what was bad becomes good when God turns that in the evil midst of it. That's for right. his glory. Yeah. He takes that evil demonic thing that the devil tried to take you out, tried to destroy your life with, and he says, what the enemy meant for evil, I will work it for your good so yep. that many might be saved through this. Like yeah. Joseph. Like Joseph. Like Joseph in Genesis chapter 50-something. That's right. 52, Uh, I think. Really quickly as we wrap up here, verses 52 to 56, it's just talking about how Jesus was going to the Samaritan village and he sent messengers on ahead, but the people wouldn't welcome him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem and they had issues with one another. And so his disciples, James and John said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and destroy them? Like... Were they called the sons of thunder or something? Mm -hmm. That's why. A little dramatic. But he turned and rebuked them and he said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are for the son of man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And that goes along with the things that are bad were not meant, were not given to you by God, but God takes them and he turns them for good because God, Jesus did not come to destroy people. I think about when people come into church and they've never been to church or they haven't been in a long time and they feel like they have all this sin and whatever going on in their life and they say that that phrase, if I go in that place, I'm going to be struck by lightning. That is a lie from the enemy and that is not going to happen. And so I just wanted to call that out to be like, Jesus came to save people and life. to love people and to give them a new life. And so take that today and run with it. And we hope you have a great day and we love you. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. 
Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.